Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's From the Pavilion podcast. Ollie Slack with you and Nathan Johns. Evening, Nathan, or afternoon or morning, wherever you're listening. Very true, yeah. I always forget to think about that, actually. Yeah. Good, good evening to you, as we currently said. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Five past seven when we're recording this. Uh, Cambridge St Giles captain Chris German says he, he listens to us when he walks the dog in the morning, which is quite nice. I think. Oh, that's very wholesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, morning, Chris, if you're listening. If you're not, it sounds a bit weird now. But we had Sam... Carrington on this week from Barrington. We didn't rhyme the whole show. It was just a potluck that Sam's name rhymes with Barrington. Uh, but he was debating, or we were debating, his big question was around umpires again and uh, how we can filter down the umpires so his division, which is senior three, uh, gets a few more official umpires. In fact, some, because he hasn't had any this season. I know there's a few that come down to senior two because they've umpired Bluntsham first team's games a few times. Would you ever be an umpire, Nathan, when you hung up your gloves? Potentially, yeah. But I mean, not right now. As in, no. if anything happened, if anything happened, God forbid, now and I had to stop playing cricket. I, I mean, how could somebody my age or you know maybe a bit older umpire, you know, with travel costs and expenses and things like that? I have seen every now and then very young umpires out there, but I, I find it, it would it would be impossible, wouldn't it? If you you know, with all the travel and especially in certain parts of Cambridge where you'd have to drive, et cetera. It's, uh, it's, it definitely has to be someone who has the, the wherewithal and the means to, to get themselves around, doesn't it? Yeah, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but you're a young lad. You probably don't want to be spending your Saturday umpiring on two teams you have no connection to if you're not playing for whatever reason. That's obviously touch wood. That isn't the case. But, uh, I think it dep- depends, doesn't it? I mean, some people do just love the game enough to do that, don't they? Clearly. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, statistically speaking, people my age, maybe not so much. But no. Well, I just think you're a young lad. You've got other things you want to do. Yeah. Maybe. Well, you likewise. Yeah, true. Although I, I don't think I'd... I don't know. I mean, it's difficult to say. I, at the moment, I can't imagine myself going into umpiring after, to be honest. Maybe uh, maybe scoring, just because then you can just watch the game. It's just like me, but yeah. But but again, I probably wouldn't do it at a local local level. Like I just want to watch. Okay, <laughs> nothing against the local game. I want to watch like really good players. Really and, good uh, cricket. Yeah, yeah, really really good players, and uh, and be able to you know if if I can do that and and score, didn't do bad at maths at GCSE. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, there you go. But I'm not like geeky with all the colour pens. No, you're not a coloured pen man. No, no. Have you ever done that? No. Uh, not the coloured pens. I've done my fair share of scoring, but have you? I don't think I own a set of coloured pens. I wouldn't even know where to go and get them. Just Amazon, probably. <laughs> do you do the old like, upwards triangle for a a buy and downwards triangle for leg buy, or do you just put it as a dot? Yeah. No, no, upwards and downwards. Yeah, it's got to be done properly, isn't it? Properly, yeah. Yeah. We should take our cricket seriously here. <laughs> but it was always difficult, isn't it, to put the four in the triangle if there's like four buys? True. I think well, what you're supposed to do, isn't it? You're supposed to do four dots right because it's technically because the runs aren't off the bat are they so that would make sense Um, rather than writing a four I think I'm not quite sure I think well it it makes it easier to fit four dots or it's easier to fit inside a triangle than the number four you know what Nathan I'm going to do that this Saturday are you scoring this Saturday I'm always scoring yeah yeah I'm always (laughs) scoring yeah Yeah. you you get the short straw Uh, well yeah it's sort of my own fault because I'm not needed to bat in the top uh, at I best, see. at best seven. So it's my own fault. Okay. Anyway, you're down in London, as people know, covering the London Spirit, part of their media team for the hundred. Now yeah. people may be tuning in for some juicy gossip. Now I know you're sworn to secrecy on some things, 
But any juicy gossip you got for us this week? I think we should have a, a regular feature of like Nathan's juicy gossip from any of the players in the London Spirit team. Juicy gossip? Well, it's difficult. I mean, there's not really any gossip. Everyone's everyone's quite well behaved, I think, consider, all things considered, especially, you know, COVID rules, etc. Nobody wants to be the guy that, that ruins the 100 because you went out and got COVID and brought it in. <laughs> but it's been pretty cool. It's quite cool to see, obviously, Shane Warren as our coach and all the players. I mean, whatever about me being a bit starstruck, you can just tell all the players are as well, at least the ones who haven't worked with him. Anytime he opens his mouth and tells a story, you know, everyone you can just hear the, the, the you know the mood in the room completely change and everybody's like even you know the England test players we have are like kids in a candy shop with him which is just really really cool to see I mean you know we're in the away the way they they've worked it out we're in the away changing room at Lords and the women are in the home changing room so we've got the away honors board there and every time we walk in the door you know he's looking at an Australian innings and telling us about sitting there watching that in that in that changing room etc so there's a lot of cool stuff like that going on for sure every time he opens his mouth everybody just wants to listen is he fairly laid back? Is he telling joke stories fairly often? All the time. Really? All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's exactly how you'd imagine him, I think, is the best way of describing him. What's the most uptight or stressed you've seen him? Uh, he, oh, not really. I haven't really. I think the bus was late once and he got annoyed at that. That was it. <laughs> okay. But on a match day, cool, calm, collected. Yeah. He got, God love him. He gets, he gets, well, the only game we've had so far was in Birmingham. Obviously, we were the away team and Birmingham is... Can be a can be an interesting place to go at the best of times. So uh, God love him. I think everywhere in the world he goes, he's absolutely loved. But I'm probably not on Edgbaston. So God love him. He got a bit of stick from the crowd there, but I'm sure mm. he's used to it. Mm. Good old Edgbaston crowd. Eh? You can always rely on them. Anyway, I'm off to go find some coloured pens, the thin ones, thin tips, so all the dots don't smudge together. In the meantime, here's this week's podcast from the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello, hello, good evening and welcome along to the local cricket show. We ran up all of the action from around Cambridgeshire. This is from the Pavilion. My name is Ollie Sack. Alongside me is Nathan Johns. This is your home of cricket in the county. On today's show, we'll bring you the latest on Cambridge Cricket Club. After it was announced last week, they won't be allowed to compete in the FPL next season. We'll find out how they and our three other local sides fared in the division on the weekend and we'll round up, of course, the action in the Cams and Hunts Premier Leagues too. And it's soon to be August, which means it's CCA Cup Finals month. Hooray! We'll be joined by Barrington's Sam Carrington ahead of the T20 Walker Cup Finals Day this Sunday. And we'll bring you the draw for the quarterfinals of the FTP Quiz Cup 2. And it's live. Very shoddy attempt at the old Martin Tyler and it's live there. If you want to contribute to the show, you can do at FTP Cricket 105 on Twitter and Facebook. We are live. I say we. I am live in the studio this week. 07919 070490 is the number to text. You can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk. As I said, we're on social media too, so please get in touch. So thank you very much for tuning in this evening and also if you're listening on the podcast too, available on the Cambridge 105 Radio website and Spotify and Apple Podcast. Nathan Johns should be alongside me all the way over in London. Nathan, how are you doing? Good, Ollie. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Technology's working for a second week in the row. We're up and we're up and running. How's uh, <laughs> how's the uh, how's the hundred going in in London for yourself? 
Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, I don't know how much people have been watching of it, but I've absolutely loved it. It's been fantastic to be to play a small part in it. And um, yeah, it seems to be going down really well. All the games are quite competitive. And uh, I know the, I know the players are loving it as well, which I suppose is the main thing. I was going to say, to be honest, Nathan, as much as it'd be good to talk about the cricket, you've got the inside track on Owen Morgan and all the all the players for, for the London Spirits. What's, what's it like? Shane Warner, of course, behind the scenes as well. Have you had a chance to catch up with them and, and well, probably have, have a, have a drink with them as well? Yeah, well, it's my job, isn't it? I've got a What, to I've drink to with them? Enti- <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite to drink with them, but it's my job to try and, uh, try and, try and not become mates with them so per se, but, you know, get close enough that... When I when I ask them to do things for the for the Instagram or whatever it is that they're they're happy to do it. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting group. Like you said, there's Morgan and uh is here as well. It's a couple of Muhammad Amir, Muhammad Nabi are here as well. Actually, Nab, I, Nabi's one of my favourite. He's a top, he's a top top bloke. Um, so yeah, no, it's been really cool it's been interacting with these guys. And yeah, it was a bit interesting at first. You know, the first couple of days trying to trying to convince these guys to <laughs> to help me and, and and do some things that they might find annoying and. And I'm not quite. I still am the annoying guy with the phone, filming them doing everything. <laughs> but I think they've uh, they've come to they've come around slightly after a week. I'm sure they have. I'm sure you're not annoying at all. Are any of them coming on the show next week? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure. I need to try and find some sort of Cambridge connection to Muhammad Nabi. I'm sure we Maybe. can find something. Yeah, you can find something. Is Mark Wood playing for London Spirit? He was supposed to be, but um, he wasn't able to come. He was always going to have to go after two games because the mm, England squad, and he wasn't able to come before then. So, for example, we just lost. Um, we've got a couple of England boys, Crawley and Lawrence, are in the England squad. So they they would they would have been playing for us, but um, they're not now with England. So Mark Wood would have been in that boat as well, but he didn't come for the first two games. Using the word "we," he's part of the fabric already. He's part of the furniture. <laughs> yeah, accidental. <we> <laughs> accidental. <laughs> no, perfectly, perfectly allowed to. Mark Wood, of course, was on our on our podcast last year. It'd be good to get him on again. A friend of Alex Sears of Saffron Wall, and that's how we got him on last time. But now Nathan's got all these connections. Who knows? He'll be coming on the on the show over the next few weeks. Um, let's move on to local cricket for now, though, because last Friday it was announced by the East Anglian Premier League that Cambridge has not been permitted to compete in the league from next season. Season after failing to hit ECB criteria on their youth setup, therefore dropping down into the Camps and Hunts Premier League. Now, this is on the grounds read off the statement that you must have at least three junior teams up to and including under 15s playing hardball cricket. As you can imagine, for the players, this was really, really a disappointing outcome. And I caught up with one of them, the captain, Lewis Hill, on the matter after the news broke last week. Cambridge 105 Radio. Initial thoughts was obviously very disappointed from a personal perspective and from a, a club perspective. The, the club have obviously been in, in the league for for many years now and believe they're one of the sort of founding teams of the league when it first kicked off. And from a personal perspective, I've obviously competed in that league for the last, for the best part of 13, 14 years. So, yeah, very, very disappointed. Um, it's obviously come as a, a shock to the club um, for this decision to be announced in the middle of a season you, you know especially as, as as a club we think the criteria that we've been working towards meeting which was a request um, we will meet as of next season um, so for this decision to be made halfway through a season right before we we're about to achieve what we've been working to is obviously basically disappointing yeah with regards to the, the reasons as to why not meeting the ECB criteria on youth setup, you need to have three age group sides playing hardball cricket up to the age of under fifteen. Is that is that not the case? Then just explain what the situation is at the club with regards to that. 
Yeah, so obviously going back a number of years, the, the, the club had that facility and, and we had a number of, of juniors at those age groups. Um, what what the situation is with the club at the moment is we are associated with Cambridge, uh, City of Cambridge, um, which is the junior system, who were our junior system previously. Um, so we've always been in connection with them and, and sort of operated together as one. Um, the junior system coach for, uh, sorry, the adults system coach for the junior system on Sundays. And, you know, we work together in, in that fashion um, to create a link between the adults and, and the juniors. As of right now, we do understand that we don't have the age group of under 15s and that that's just an, an age thing that's that's in our juniors. But as those age uh, ages progress, obviously they will get older. Um, and as of, as of next season, they will be at under 15. Um, so the criteria of what the league is asking for will be met in that fashion. So, yeah, obviously we're, we're disappointed that we haven't been given to the end of the season and specifically for next season where we've been told that we are not going to be permitted to play in that league, um, we will meet that criteria. So it's obviously, it's, it's very disappointing for us. Purely playing devil's advocate on the situation, obviously the statement says you've given opportunities in 2018, 2019 and 2020. Has there not been an under-15 age group side in that in that whole time period? Has it just been a generation that unfortunately timing-wise hasn't come through? Is there anything else you could have done in that time to get that age group? Yeah, I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? The grassroots level sport in general and cricket, it's it's something that it, that struggles as a, as a whole. Um, say going into the, the political part of it all, but yes, we did have have those those age groups, but they were um, they, they they kind of branched off on their own, I guess. Um, in in terms of the statement you meant, yeah, you know, sort of mentioned there around. You know, been working towards this since 2018. We had, as far as I understand, so uh, this is my personal understanding of it. I'm not speaking for for anyone else here. Um, we haven't had any written communication since 2018. Um, so we were notified that there needed to be a change, and we put forward a, what, a three-year plan, um, which obviously is coming up to the the end here. Um, originally we were told we had until last season but with the, the pandemic going on they gave us a year extension um, which we do have in writing that, that was a year extension um, and apart from that we've we've had no other communication really so it's it's been sort of stated that we were told verbally which in, in my personal feeling again is quite unprofessional to, to say that things have been discussed verbally rather than in written format Um and, and communicated in in a professional manner, um, rather than just sort of saying, "Oh, you know, someone told you on this day," over over a conversation somewhere, is obviously quite quite disappointing. So, like I say, we, we can't really understand the decision to be made before that year extension is finished. Like I say, we we've we've made it clear that the criteria that is required we will hit, um, but the the years of hard work that the volunteers and, and the board that are put in at this club is, is kind of being ripped out from from underneath us um at the very final hurdle really where you know we're just about to succeed and that's that's been taken away and like I say we, we can't understand that decision. Yeah, so clearly don't don't feel it's a fair one. How have the players taken the news? From the players that I've spoken to and obviously it's it's only been announced very recently, um it, it's a shock. 
Um, unfortunately, again, and this is something that I, I find quite unprofessional, is many players actually knew of this sort of gossip, if you like, before it was actually mentioned in a in a formal manner. I know that players from other clubs um, and also members of, of other clubs that are not players were asking questions to our club and our players as of last Saturday, which was actually prior to the APL meeting about our decision whether we would stay in the league or not. So, again, we find that unprofessional and, and disappointing um, that these conversations are being had outside of our club and outside of the league when it should be between the league and, and the club. Um, so, yeah, obviously a lot of the players are frustrated, disappointed. Um, some can't understand the decision. Um, so, yeah, it's it's something that we'll have to digest and and look what, what the next steps could be. Yeah, as you said, the statement was released uh, this morning, which uh, for those listening on the show is Friday morning. So it may be difficult to answer this next one, but what's next for you and the club? Is there an appeal that, that you're going to put forward or do you have to just sort of accept the news, swallow it and move on? Um, I don't know the answer to that question in truth. I think we'll look at the, the facts and we'll look at the information and we'll look at the communication that's that's taken place and we'll assess what, what we feel should be the right step for the club on, on that front. Um, I think we will look it. We will definitely look into that communication and try understand why there wasn't a formal process. Um, you know why we didn't have the chance to present our case in a in a formal setting. Um, unfortunately, that when we asked for that conversation to take place, it was denied. Um, again, something we can't understand. So we will look at that and we will try and you know understand the motivations behind those. Dis- decisions um we'll we'll put our heads together as a, as a club and the committee will, will speak to players like myself I'm sure and, and and assess what the right step is for us sort of moving forward um like you say there is there is a number of options in in that sense on the table um but yeah in terms of what we do next I think first and foremost we, as, a, as a as a group of players we're going to have to focus on the league and finishing the league season strong Aside from all the the news today, we're we're obviously very pleased with our our league form over the recent weeks. You know, we've climbed from bottom of the table to to I think sitting fourth currently um, in the league. So we're very we're very proud and, and pleased with that performance. So I think the immediate focus is on tomorrow um, and and you know trying to continue our form in the league and and you know continuing to show why we've been in this league for so many years. Um, and, and that reason behind that is because we deserve to be. So, so is it, is it difficult now to complete the season? I don't know in the way you like, or would it be quite quite nice? I guess you, there's no real worries in a sense where you finish. It's just to go out there and enjoy your cricket, and and at the moment, I guess the sort of the last few weeks in the APL. Yeah, I think one of the things we spoke about as a group at the beginning of the season was enjoying our cricket. Um, we're a uh, you know, a good bunch of, of mates. Um, a high percentage of the first team and second team have actually come from that junior system we talk about. Um, you know, I, I've been at the club since I was nine years old. Johnny Axon, seven. Dougie, similar age. Um, if you look at the team on Saturday, um, you know, we've got Theo Aubrey, Felix Serby, all coming through the youth system. Um, so we've got a lot of, of youth that have come from 
from the junior system and then that I've gone through that pathway that we create as a club into the, the teams. Uh, Vishrat, who's 15 years old, he's played for us this season. He's playing again at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we're obviously going to have to come together as a group and, and continue that and, and see where it takes us. Whether you're competing in the APL next season or in go down and go back up future years, is it going to be difficult? It feels like there's a sort of a few bridges that need to be mended, if you got what I'm saying, between the, sort of the two organisations or, or, or is that not the case? I don't know, it just feels there needs to be, so I say, a few bridges mended and relationships built back up. Um, relationships between who, sorry? Just in terms of Cambridge and, and the APL at the minute. I don't know about that really. Um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that there's any feud or, or or anger towards them. I think they've made a decision, whatever their reasons may be. Um, in terms of building bridges, I, I wouldn't say there's anything broken there. I guess it's just a, a situation where maybe there needs to be better communication, and and that that may be from from both parties, but. Um, yeah, I think that that's for me where the downfall has been. There's been no formal process. Um, it's just been sort of out of the blue letters, and then very short timing to to be able to respond and and do the necessary bits, which you know we we we're not really under, in a position to understand at the moment because, like I say, we were denied the opportunity to have a a conversation um, and put together. Um, our side of events of, of how we were going to hit that criteria and in the timeframes that were originally set out. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess if, if we, if we do, if this decision is final and we do end up playing in the league below and we do in future years manage to get promoted, I guess we'll be confident that we, we have the criteria to do so. And then that's all really that, that will matter in that sense. So, um, yeah, we'll use it in the right way. We'll use the the information and the scenario we're in to to motivate us to play to play good cricket, and um, and I hope that's the, the way the season finishes for us. Yeah, we also asked the EAPL for a response in light of Lewis's interview with us, and their statement reads: Having had an opportunity to review Lewis Hill's comments, which contain several inaccuracies, the East Anglian Premier League is comfortable with the decision taken by the League Management Committee. Uh, now, Lewis also spoke to the Cambridge News this week, as, as you can imagine, and, and the League also uh, were allowed to respond in that article as well. The League has, has clarified that criteria on youth teams have been updated for this season, so that sides required three teams from any age group, up to and including the under-15s. They also state that the juniors in question play for a separate club, City of Cambridge Cricket Club, meaning that Cambridge Cricket Club do not run any youth teams. There's comments from an article on uh, the Cambridgeshire Live uh, website there, the In Your Area website. Up next, after the break, we'll be wrapping up the, the local game, both at East Anglian Premier League and the Cams and Hunts Premier League too. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. You're welcome back to From the Pavilion, your local dedicated cricket show here on Cambridge 105 Radio. If you want to get in touch, please do 07919 070490. You can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk. We're also on social media too, at FTP Cricket 105. Now, there's a cracking game going on in the Royal London One Day Cup 
<laughs> this afternoon. Well, there's a number of cracking games, but this one in particular, uh, Surrey have scored 311 for eight off 30 overs against Nottinghamshire. Now, they were rained off after eight overs. So they were 29 for one at that stage, going at 3.62. And then off the back of that, post-rain, they scored 282 for seven off 22 overs at a run rate of 12.81. Amazing stuff. They're playing at Woodbridge Road, which admittedly is a small ground, but I think they've scored 23 sixes. There you go, 23 sixes in that innings and 12 fours. Nottinghamshire in reply are 168 for six off 20 odd and they didn't have 132 runs to win from 9.3. So, remarkable game there in the Royal London One Day Cup. Anyway, let's move over to, to local cricket. And in the East Anglian Premier League, Sauce and Abraham took home the spoils in this week's local derby, winning on the road at Saffron Walden. The hosts were asked to bat first after leaving the toss, but an unbeaten century from Nikhil Garantler. Plus 50s for Ali Russell and Zabaya Hamza saw them post 2-8-3 for 6. In reply, Rishi Patel was once again in the runs as his 86, plus Ben Clilver's 57 were crucial to seeing the Sausen and Babram home with three wickets remaining. And I'll cut up with Ben after the win. You know, it was a brilliant game of cricket. Uh, they batted really well and scored. Uh, 280 odd and um, uh, boys batted really well uh, as a team and we managed to chase it down with about eight balls to go I think so it's a brilliant game of cricket uh, it's always good to you know win those tight tight games they're always nice to win I was going to say was there any point throughout the uh, the run chase where you thought you might not be be able to get there obviously Rishi Patel scoring a 86 and then yourself with a, a really really important contribution of 57 at the end so you were the man in the middle feeling the pressure I'd imagine um, yeah yeah it's always, I guess, it's always nicer being in the middle. Um, a bit that doesn't quite feel as, as pressurised. But I think when we lost, I think we lost three quickish wickets um, around Rishi. Um, so I think at that point it was a little bit challenging. But I think uh, me and Callum Guest sort of put on a nice partnership, which uh, which really helped him. Actually, made it quite simple, just running effectively together and those sorts of bits. Um, on, at at Saffron Wald and the balance is quite short, so it was quite easy to go to sixes and sevens. Um, for a prolonged period. Yeah, despite the fact that you had two pros playing in Zabaya Hamza for Saffron Walden and, of course, Rishi Patel for yourselves, it was Nikhil Garantler who uh, stole the headlines of the bat, scoring 103 not out. I bet that was a pretty special knock to watch. Yeah, he batted really well. Um, you know, he's a, he's a brilliant talent and, um, yeah, he just, you know, he he was quite slow before before lunch um, but then really exploded after lunch and, um, batted, yeah, he batted really, really well. Some headline to grab, isn't it, when there's players on show like I've just named and and uh, Nick sure. Hills, the, the standout of 103. But with regards to yourself, back up to the, the top of the table as well. Is that a a nice, that is a nice viewing on a, on Sunday morning when you when you saw the table leaping above Great Witchingham? Yeah, of course. Um, every team's really close, and anyone can get a result against anyone. So I guess we've got to just try and focus on ourselves and just keep winning. Uh, we've got one more Rebel game. Um, we back ourselves big time in the Pink Pool stuff. So uh, one more big game on Saturday to try and try and get a result from. Obviously, COVID's disrupted the league a little bit. Swarston down in fourth, 12 games played, 218 points. Do you know yet how that, that situation is going to be resolved? And if not, how would you personally like it to be resolved? What would you say is the fairest solution? That's a hard question. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I believe there's been some meetings and something's been decided, but I don't know what that is. Um, I, I think they're going to struggle to get them in. So I guess the fairest result is to have it in as abandoned match or as a rained off match, which I believe is seven points each. Probably not fair on the teams that would have played it because they, you know, have lost out. But 
I don't know. I don't know what else you can do. Uh, they've missed so many games that it's hard to hard to fit them all in. Yeah, it's a really tricky situation for all involved, really. Three games behind yourselves, Horse and R. Just lastly then, Ben, uh, Horsford this weekend, uh, a nice chance, hopefully, you'd like to think to maybe put a bit of a, a cushion between yourselves and some of the other top sides at the table. Yeah, let's see. We didn't we didn't get to play them last time because of the rain, so um, it's you know a new test, a new team for us. So we're always back ourselves at home. Um, it's a track that we know and a pitch that we know how to play on. So um, I think it's a good opportunity for the boys to show that. Yeah, Ben Clilford of Sauce and Abraham there. Burnley-Lexing drew away at Sudbury on the weekend. He smashed 317 for six, batting first, but 55 from Tony DeZorzi and 94 from Ollie Jeffries ensured that Burnley-Lexing ended up on 2-6-2 for eight after 57 overs, hanging on for a draw and a much-needed 11 points there. Cambridge, though, had no such luck as they were bowled out for 162 in pursuit of Swardston's 312. Skipper Lewis Hill was once again in the wickets. He's having a fantastic season with a spell of 5 for 71. But despite a half-century from Zaman Akhtar, Cambridge ended up falling 150 runs short. So Swardston and Abraham now move top of the pile after their win, took advantage of Great Witchingham slip-up at Hall they are nine points clear now. Cambridge drop out of the top four down to sixth. Saffron and Walden also find themselves falling down the table as their eighth. Seven points behind Frinton on C, while Burn Exling find themselves second from bottom. Two clear of Copdock and Old Ipswichian. Next week, Burn Exling hosts Saffron and Walden. Cambridge look to bounce back to winning ways at home to Bury St Edmunds. And uh, Source of Abraham hosts 10th place. Horsford has looked to extend their lead at the top of the table. Moving on now to the Cams and Hunts Premier League. Well, after they didn't lose all season until last week, Eaton Soken have now ended up on the wrong side of the result for the second consecutive weekend after losing away to Cambridge St. Giles. 141 proved to be good enough for St. Giles, as four wickets apiece for Krishna Charit and Vanch Bajaj restricted Eaton Soken to 116, meaning that they fell 25 runs short of their target. That result allowed Histon to close the gap at the top to just one point after their win over Cambridge seconds. Cambridge were bowled out only 63 after being asked to chase 183, 120-run win there for Histon. Sean Stevenson led the way in their in the air attack, taking 5-25 off his eight overs. Elsewhere, Foxton had a very convincing 128-run win over Ramsey. Ted Carmichael, he's been in the runs recently, hasn't he? Well, he scored another century, 148 of 121, to be precise, as his side posted 309 for six off their 50 overs. And in reply, well, Carmichael continued his pretty good day as he chipped in with only the seven for, meaning that it was an easy decision who to give the player the match award there, as Ramsey were bowled out for 181. March Town set 292 for seven before bowling outside Ives Town and Warboys for 125, securing a 167-run victory there. Brandon Phillips started the bat with innings of 106, while Saranga Rajaguru's four for 29 was the pick of the bowling figures for March, while Wisbich had a relatively easy chase over Stamford after bowling them out for just 89. The wickets were largely shared around the attack, while in reply, an opening stand of 88 between Gary Freer and Danny Haynes came very close to knocking off the total for a 10-wicket win, but Freer departed with just a couple left to get, meaning that nine wickets was the final margin of victory. So all those results leaves the Camden Hunts Div 1 as follows. Eden Soken, like we said, are at the top, but Histon only trail them by a point now. Wisbech Town and Foxton round at the top four. St. Giles are in fifth, followed by March and Stamford in sixth and seventh, while eighth, ninth and tenth are Ramsey, Cambridge and St. Ives Town and Warboys, respectively. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. 
Yeah, we'll run up Div 2 and uh, 3 of the uh, Campton Hunts Premier League a little bit later on. But, as I said at the top of the show, August is CCA Cup Finals Month and we can now confirm the dates for those ties. So the Walker Cup T20 Finals Day is uh, this Sunday, Sunday the 1st of August. 10 o'clock, Wilburton Needingworth and 1 o'clock, Histon 2s against Barrington. Uh, the Junior Cup Final is the week later on the 8th of August, Linton Village against Cambridge NCI 2s. The Lower Junior T20 Cup Finals Day, again the week after that, Sunday the 15th of August. Little Shelford 2s against Sauce and Abraham 3s at 10 o'clock. Semi-final 1. Semi-final 2 is Linton Village 2s against Cambridge NCI 3s at 1 o'clock. And then the final, of course, being at 4 o'clock. There's a reserve day for all of these fixtures on Sunday the 22nd of August. And then the CCA Invitation Cup final at Exning on uh, Sunday the 29th of August. Abington against Horseheath, 1 o'clock start there. The rest of the Cup Finals at Burwell. So we're going to focus on the T20 Walker Cup this Sunday at Burwell Cricket Club, where Barrington will be hoping to claim the title despite being the lowest-ranked club left in the comp. Captain Sam Carrington joins us now. Evening, Sam. How are you doing? Evening. Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, very well, thank you. Now, you're, you're at the Abbey tonight. You're heading over to Mr Harrison Dunk's testimonial. So, uh, thanks very much for, for joining us, uh, despite going to the match. But uh, but how's the season going for, for Barrington so far? All good? Uh, I'll, I'll go with hit and miss. Um, <laughs> although slightly a little bit more miss than hit. Um, it's been very frustrating. A lot of close games where we seem to be short of sort of 10, 15, 20 runs. Um and a little bit short in the field as well. But frustrating, but there's positive signs kind of throughout. Yeah, let's take a look back at your uh, your route to the final, the, the T20 World Cup, because that's where you've sort of really hit your strap so far. And and I do remember this. I've, <laughs> I was checking a look about the fixtures today, and your Walker Cup campaign got underway with a, a con- match conceded against uh, against Bluntisham, which isn't the most <laughs> isn't the proudest. <laughs> well, no, it's slightly embarrassing that, but uh, I do remember we had a. I think it was a. A clash on the pitch. Then I think we had a cams game down at the ground, and we'd accidentally double booked the pitch, which is a quite quite embarrassing. But but oh well, at least it, at least to help yourself, Sam, get through to the, the next round. Then you took on Abington and uh, and won by four runs there in a, in a really close encounter, and then by twenty eight runs against Fulburn Institute. Talk me through that Abington game. That sounds a close one. The T twenties this year have been really confusing because oh really? Like I said, with the uh, with purely purely going on the Saturday form. Like you, you, you look at the Saturday form and, and how we've struggled a little bit this year, um, and then we've gone into the into the Sunday stuff, and there just seems to be a completely different uh, feel around the side. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember the Abington game actually. The Fullbourne game took so much out of everybody, I think, really? particularly sort of in the leaderships. But yeah, the Fullbourne game, obviously, to win by four runs is always um, is always very satisfying, a little bit closer than we'd like it to be, um, but satisfying nonetheless. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, we we got ourselves through. Um, we we obviously held our nerve um, quite well that day. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take that absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about finals day itself then, because you're up against Histon Twos at one pm. <laughs> now they haven't lost a game all season. They're second in senior two, so it's uh, going to be a tricky one. But I guess the beauty of T Twenty is it could be anyone's on the day. Absolutely, and and we're kind of taking the approach with with Abington and Fulborn being in being senior two as well, um, and having beaten both of those sides, that there, there is a chance for us. Obviously with with a four run and a twenty you say twenty eight run margin? Yeah, four run and a, a twenty eight run victory, yeah. 
Yeah, with with those with those victories against four, um, senior two sides, we hold a little bit of hope. We've got a few guys that can come off for us, um, and if they can come off, they can be really destructive. So we'll be we'll be holding everything crossed um, that those guys do come off for us. What about the start time? You're on at one o'clock. What are your thoughts about that? <laughs> it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think if you have the if you have the ten o'clock start, you kind of you get that rest and recovery before if you get through, but you have the with a risk of players sort of seizing up and not being able to get going again. I don't think it's going to be one that particularly bothers us. Um, you never, you never leisurely the... breakfast, Sam. Absolutely, <laughs> and I'm going to be taking every single second of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think we're kind of hopefully going to get there to see the sort of the back end of the first game. Um, kind of everyone get there and get ourselves sorted. But no, I think I probably would have taken the second the second start time. To be fair, does that mean you're on the same deck? As the previous game, I have no idea to be absolutely honest with you because I'm um, wondering wondering how much that comes into it then in terms of later on in the day. Shout that, yeah. or at least at least you you'll be playing on a used deck presumably then if you're the second game. I wonder how does how does that come into the thinking? We've we've got a few cricketers. Who are the less they think, the better they are. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't think we'll be we'll be contemplating it particularly. Um, we might discuss it between a few of us, but I don't think it's going to be a massive, massive part of our thought processes, to be honest. Just kind of the classic play every ball on its merit and bold to the batter that is that is set and is there. So I think we'll keep a very simple game plan in terms of that and hope it comes off. Keep it simple. I like it. And then what about the other game? It's Wilburton or Needingworth in the final. Should you get there? Any, do you have any preference for either of the two? Personally, I haven't looked into them at all. Uh, it's a very conscious very conscious thought. Um, like I say, for some of us, the less thinking, the better. Um, we've we've done it before, where we've got very caught up in oppositions, um, and we've kind of unfolded. We've kind of unfolded a little bit. So keeping it very simple, keeping it very simple, keeping it very Barrington focused. I think is going to be the order of order of service for us. Sam, just uh, just quickly before we move on to your your big question, how excited are you though for for the actual day? Because if you think of the domestic game across the country, you know the T Twenty Blast final days at Edge Baston is is one of the highlights really of the the calendar for some people. The highlight of the the, the calendar. It's a fantastic day, and I guess you get a little bit of a taste of that this Sunday at Burwell. Yeah, it's going to be a completely new experience for myself. Um, I think a few of our guys have played in them before, but no, I think it's a really exciting, really exciting time. Um, we've got we're going to have a youngish side, hopefully, um, a youngish with some with a, a, enough experience in there. So for hopefully all of our guys, we can kind of take it in and and really kind of push off and sort of hopefully a little bit of atmosphere. It'll be a little bit different to what we normally get. Um, but no, I think everyone's going to be really excited going into it. Um, it's going to be fantastic, hopefully. Real well. All the best for the all the best for finals day. I've actually got a, a text in as as well from uh, from Needingworth's Scott Walton as well, who says we're very much looking forward to our finals day. Their third trip to finals day in four years as well. He believes they're going in as the favourites, being the higher ranked club. But we know the challenges ahead. We know the Will Burton boys are well up for it against as well, having history against the two sides. Histon twos have the best form not losing this season so we fully expect a tough weekend as well we've got a very strong side this Sunday and uh, they'll back themselves uh, in a 2020 there so uh, needing with Scott Walton getting in touch thanks for your text Scott very much appreciate it let's move on to your big question then Sam which was give you the honours it's kind of along the lines of sort of umpiring and 
and why we can't kind of filter umpires down a little bit lower into the leagues, uh, particularly in sort of senior three cricket, where we don't ever get an umpire and all club umpires, um, with some leagues having, obviously the higher leagues having two. Yeah, so I know from our ones for Blunty in senior two this season, they've occasionally had one umpire throughout their games, and uh, and I think that's been the case um, for the whole throughout the whole season. And uh, I'd imagine as well when they played in senior three, it would have been two years ago, that uh, that it was probably a similar situation to yourself, Sam. I guess we're talking here again, aren't we, about how we try and increase the number of umpires, how we make sure that when players leave the game, they're they're wanting to take up umpiring. Nathan, your thoughts on on this sort of thing, how we can try and encourage players to to take up umpiring? I mean, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I mean, didn't we have someone on a few weeks ago who spoke about you know? the negative aspects of umpiring and, you know, he's getting so much stick every week. So, you know, sometimes that aspect of it can be, can be quite difficult, can't it? I think it's probably the the best way of going about it is just, is trying to target those people who kind of get fed up playing um, once they reach a certain age and, but you know, who who have a certain love for for love for the game and and try and try and target them, I guess. Yeah, we've had a couple of umpires come on over the past few weeks, actually, you've said about the the travel time has, has been an issue, especially the higher, the higher you go up the leagues and of course when you enter the senior divisions from the junior divisions that's where you lose that that sort of local aspect of, of the teams playing each other oh, of course you're all still in Cambridgeshire but for example Bluntsham travelling to, to Horsey is, is quite a difference and that's just an, an example presumably presumably, Sam that's a, an example of maybe where you could try and encourage umpires a bit more if they're not travelling as far as yeah so I think it's certainly certainly something that needs to be considered um, like you say travel's a lot it's not it's not horrendous in senior three. Um, just yeah, I, I think we just need to have try and work something in some sort of way to try and get umpires in into that sort of league as well. Whatever it takes, <laughs> get them get them there. <laughs> yeah, it's always the case, isn't it? When you uh, when you umpire and uh, or when you have club umpires, it's always the case of wides and and how wide is a wide, and then if they're they're umpiring second, you can be uh, <laughs> you can sort of have a bit more dictate dictate the game a bit more because if a team's been lenient in the first things, you can be less lenient and uh, and uh, perhaps perhaps give a few more wides to your own team. It's always the case, but uh, I guess that's some would say that's the beauty of a of of lower league club cricket. How far that stretches into the senior leagues, I'm not so sure, but it's a, a good question, Sam. Sam, thanks for your time tonight. Really appreciate it and enjoy the game this evening. Thank you very much. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Right, so back to our local roundup then. We got as far as Division 2 of the Cams and Hunts, where Newmarket continued to keep up pace with Blunham at the top. After a six-wicket win over Kimbolton, Max Pipes' 50 was key to chasing down a total of 121 all out and four Newmarket in the bowling stakes. Freddie Statham took five for 25. Stafford Malden 2s went down to Ufford Park after being bowled out for just 98. But there was a positive result for Foxton, who saw off Castor and Ellsworth by 11 runs. Matt Daniels' Pfeiffer was crucial there to a narrow win. In Division 3, Sawston and Braverman seconds pulled further ahead at the top after an eight-wicket win over Wiswich Town seconds. 84 was all that they needed for victory after a dominant bowling display. Eaton Sokin seconds lost at home to South Hill Park after seeing their 171 chase down with South Hill still having six wickets left in the shed. While Burrow and Exling seconds lost in agonising fashion as AK-11 saw them off by just the one wicket and they hit a six to win with five balls remaining. Other matches to tell you about... 
Coming up this weekend is Triplo as they take on Mildenhall in the ECB Women's T20 Plate National Final. The competition has seen them travel long and far across the country with wins over Trapston, Berkswell, Dumbledon and Renthorpe, culminating in the final at Kibworth CC on Sunday. It's the senior side's first T20 final and Ollie caught up with skipper Lara Neild, who wants her team to leave everything out on the field. Everyone's really excited. It's a great occasion and we haven't had a final in ages as a team, so it'll be great to just get out there and play a game that's not one of our usual league fixtures. I would say a final something you've experienced much of as a, as a group over the last few years? We had the under-15s got to a final a couple of years ago and did really well. Um, but as the women's team, we haven't had a final. So we're very, very excited to get going and get involved. Yeah, I bet. And uh, I think you mentioned to me before you're looking forward to playing at Kibworth as well. Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful ground. It's definitely been one of my personal um, goals to play a ground like that. So it'd be great to get there and just experience the atmosphere and know that there's a cup match off. Just, and I think the girls are planning to watch some of that as well. So it'd be great just to take in the whole experience and take in the whole day. Where does this sort of final, I guess any final is an important one, but where does this final rank in terms of priorities this season? Obviously, you want to as, as well as possible in the East Anglian Premier League and, and do well in, in the league. But equally, you you got a chance of uh, of getting your hands on some silverware in a T Twenty tournament. I think, as you say, like, any final is important, and any final is a big deal. So we've put our first team, our strongest team, into the final this weekend. Obviously, it would be great to get that silverware. As you say, the league obviously is extremely important to us, and we really care about that. We've got a very fortunate situation this year with a very strong squad, so we're actually putting out both our EAPL team and our cup final team this weekend. So hopefully. Fingers crossed, going to get two wins out of the weekend, but we'll have to see. It'll be great, obviously, as I say, to get the silverware and generally just to get the exposure for the team. I think it's just great on a national platform to be able to show that we we can do well and we can perform. So that's all I'm really hoping for the weekend is everyone enjoys it and everyone tries their best and then the result will be what it is, I suppose. Yeah, a platform to, to show off your skills in a format as well in T20, which is so important for the women's game across the board. You, you'd probably say that it's at the minute anyway, the, the, the number one format for, for the women's game. So to do so in that as well must be something you, you're really keen to do. Completely. We don't get to play an awful lot of T20 as a club side. Obviously, the APL is 40 overs, so it's a great sort of challenge and different game, as you say. Weldon Hall are playing, they're very strong at T20. They've got some very big hitters, so we'll have to build tight lines and links and things like that. But I, I think we, we stand a good chance at least, so... Yeah, well, you do, because perhaps you might have left a few scars on the Mildenhall players from your 52-run win over them on the weekend, just gone in the league. Yeah, it's good. I think we all hope we win that game. It would be an interesting um, match-up if we didn't win that. And then, obviously, we've got the one-off on them from the, this weekend, but it's a completely different format, completely different game. I know they've got a few different players this weekend coming, so it'll be a, an interesting match-up, and we definitely aren't taking any complacency or anything like that from last week's win. Um, it's great to get the league win, obviously, and to win by 52 is a really good margin and to get them all out. It was very, very good. Um, but as I say, we're not taking that as any precursor for this weekend. We just want to do our best and see how we go, I suppose. And just lastly, what's your message to the ladies before you, you head out to the field on, on Sunday? Enjoy it, take it in. What will you be saying? Yeah, enjoy it, take it in. It's a great ground. It's a great occasion to get to a final, as you said before. Um but just be do the best and try all they can. I mean, everyone in our team is experienced enough to know what to do and you don't have to tell them an awful lot, really. They all know what they're doing, but it will just be to really enjoy it and just 
it's a, as I say, the league matches, they're all building up to something at the end of the season you're working for it. This is just a one-off game where if you win it, you win. So just give it all you can and hope that the result goes our way, I suppose. Yeah, so best of luck to Laura and the team for Sunday. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Right, it's time, time to do the quiz now, the FTP Quiz Cup draw. Now, last week, Sauce and Abrams secured victory in the final tie of round one, completing our quarter-final lineup. The other seven teams are as follows. Histon, Longstanton, Needhamworth, Wisbeach, City of Ely, Islam, Eaton, Soken. And today we're going to complete the draw for the last eight. It's a random draw. Each club has been given a number based on the order in which they book their place in the quarters. Nathan, you're, you've got the power. You're going to do the draw this evening. So much power. I just <laughs> After what happened, regular listeners will remember what happened last time when we did a oh yeah we did a quiz draw what there, was just a couple of minutes of just a lot of shuffling around before <laughs> nobody having a clue hey, what was going on that was some so, of my best radio that was quality radio so high we'll budget see, we'll yeah. See. And, yeah i couldn't have a notice you got me to do it this time instead yeah so uh, I, well i think now you're down in london with the london spirit you might have a few more gizmos that you're able to use yeah mate i've got a serious pen at the ready here <laughs> take it away okay right so you've called out the list of teams already so I oh, can you hear that? We'll go for team number one. Not sure if you can hear the wrestling. But the first team I've got is Eaton Soken. I believe that's team number seven. Yeah, Eaton Soken. First out in the quarterfinal draw, yeah. And they will be playing, well, playing. Do you play a quiz? Not quite sure. But they'll be up against Wisbitch. Ooh, Wisbitch. James that's Williams, our... who progressed in the round one, up against Graham Duff of Eaton Soken. That is if, of course, they uh, they compete again. Right, and then our second matchup, the first name out is Sawston and Babram. Sawston and Babram. Nick Griggs defeated Bluntersham the other week. Still quite a sore topic, that. Oh, wow. And they'll be taking on Histon. That was that was Heidi, that, wasn't it? That's a biggie, yeah. That's a biggie. You don't want, want Histon. Ed Hyde, the reigning New Year's Day quiz champion up against Nick Griggs there. Right, and then we're going on to quarterfinal number three, and the name that I've got in front of me is Needingworth. Needingworth. Scott Walton, who progressed last time. He's actually been in touch again, asking to come on the show tonight and talk about finals day. Scott, I tell you what, if Needingworth win the finals day on Sunday, you can come on the show next week, you can spend as much time as you like on air, but uh, you've got to have the trophy first. Anyway, sorry, moving on. It's quite a big quite a big condition, that. Yeah. But anyway... So they'll be taking on Islam. So Needingworth versus Islam is the third quarter final. And then this should be a formality this, the last two teams, just there. Who gets home home comforts first? Long Stanton. Long Stanton. They will be taking on City of Ely. Long Stanton versus City of Ely. So in true FA Cup style. I'll uh, I'll run through the uh, the quarterfinal lineups. Is Eaton Soken against Wisbeach? As I said, Graham Duff progressed for Eaton Soken in round one. James Williams of Wisbeach will be up against him there. Quarterfinal two is Sawston and Babraham up against Histon. So that's Nick Griggs up against Ed Hyde. As I said, Ed got some uh, good history in the quiz on our shows. Of course, I said winning the New Year's Day competition. Then quarterfinal three, Needingworth and Scott Walton <laughs> against Islam there. It was Tim Atchison for Islam. I think that was the one he, he got through just on default, wasn't it? Well, he went up against you, didn't he, Nathan? Is that right? Oh, yeah, that was right, wasn't it? Yeah. Have you erased that from your memory? 
Yeah, I have, conveniently. <laughs> Nathan lost. Uh, and then quarterfinal four was Long Stanton, James Minot, the super sub himself. I can't remember who... So we're keeping, we're keeping him in. Yeah, why That's not? I can't even remember who he replaced fair. now. No, neither can I. So they don't deserve to, to come back in? No, fair enough. No. So James staying in, if he wants to. He was quite good, wasn't he? He was, yeah, he was. Enjoy James, James on the show. Make sure I get his surname. Yeah. Make sure I get his surname right. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so James, James along Stanton is up against Tom Beaumont of City of Ely. Tom, I like Tom. I think Tom's got good pedigree in this quiz. He's my dark horse. I think he's a secret cricket badger. I reckon. I think that's one to look okay. out for. So Long Stanton against City of Ely is the the fourth tie there. What do you? What's the what's the big what's the big tie there, Nathan? What's got your what's got your attention? Oh, I think the Long Stanton one, isn't it? Considering that was the that was the ringer. Okay, so the you're, ring, you're wondering how James so is going to play how, again. Yeah, how, how how does James go when he actually knows he's going to be on a quiz? That's what <laughs> I want to know. Can he can he perform when the pressure is on? Because the pressure was off because he didn't know it's true. what he was doing. It's true. So he didn't, you know, he wasn't the night before. He wasn't sitting there worried about it. Whereas this time he will be. So <laughs> yeah, that's I want to see how he gets on this time. Yeah, because every single competitor so far has been stressing up late at night, worrying about competing in the quiz. Anyway, Eaton Soken versus Wispeach, Sultan Bay Brown versus Histon, Needingworth against Iceman, Longstanton against City Vili. Fingers crossed we'll get Eaton Soak and Wispeach on next week, start the quizzing, and then we'll move forward through those quarter-final draws. Nathan, thank you very much for taking the time to complete the quiz. Just remind you about a game I brought you to attention earlier on. Surrey scoring 311 for eight off 30 overs in the Royal London One Day Cup. 30 overs because it was affected by rain. Nottinghamshire in reply are 400... 400? Blimey, 252, sorry, for seven. Off, uh, off 28 overs. <laughs> they require 48 off two overs. I think it's very unlikely. But there's some, been some fantastic hitting on display in the One Day Cup. Nathan, what you got coming up this week then at the 100? Uh, we, well, our, our first home game was on Sunday, but we, we got washed out. So our yeah. unofficial first game is on Thursday against Trent Rockets. Uh, that's Joe Root's team, but he's gone with England, so he won't be playing. Actually, I believe that's, it's Lewis uh, Gregory's team, Nathan. Oh, sorry. Somerset. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Will, will we yeah, see you on, a, on the camera then? If the camera pans around, any chance we can see you? Where, where, where will you be sitting? Yeah, you never know. I, I got a WhatsApp of a, of a very grainy picture of me in, in Edgbaston last week. Did you? So you never, you never, yeah, you never know. Will and be. then I think, I believe, on, so we've got another game on Sunday after that. I can't remember who it is. I think it might be the Northern team. Might be the, the Superchargers. I can't remember for sure. We'll see. Everyone is on hashtag Nathan Watch. We'll get it trending over the next few days. Nathan, <laughs> thanks for your time this evening, mate. Thank you, Ollie. Pleasure as always. And thank you to you too for tuning in to this evening's show and also if you're listening on the podcast. We'll be back next week, Tuesday at 6 o'clock here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Thank you very much for your company this hour. You can download the podcast too. Head over to the website or on Apple Podcasts and Spotify too. Thanks again for listening. Until next week, stay safe and well. Bye-bye. Cambridge 105 Radio